We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Just to confirm with you guys, today is Wednesday, right? It's Wednesday, right? Yes, today's Wednesday. Seven to the score. It's Brody time. We're going to play that one song. We're going to play it over and over and over. And we love talking to our friend Mark Brody. And he joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank making commercial banking personal. Brody time. Morning, Mark. What's going on, Molly? What's going on, Hog? Good to talk to you guys as always. And yes, this this is today is expected to be our final Justin Fields before the game speaking opportunity today. It is also the Bears' final closed walkthrough practice of the year. Well, Mark, help, help us understand that because we were debating it earlier why the Bears moved indoors for a closed walkthrough on a day they typically practice and trying to maybe interpret that. Is it anything related to the reaction to with the, the DeMar Hamlin situation? Is it a reaction to their own bodies being broken down at this stage of the season? How would you interpret it? I would interpret it as this is something that they've done kind of intermittently throughout the season where Matt Eberflus has been pretty transparent in saying that we've ramped these guys up for a long time and now we're going to dial it down a little bit. So this is not unprecedented in their season. The, I, I can't eliminate the, the DeMar Hamlin possibility. I mean, that, that could be true. And I'm looking forward to getting a chance to, you know, to asking at least Matt Eberflus and hopefully Justin Fields. And I don't know if we get open locker room today and get an opportunity to speak to some of the players about the DeMar Hamlin situation. But I would actually say if I had to fill in the answer I would say that this is just something that Matt Eberflus has done throughout the year in the name of preservation and to keep his guys comfortable within a regular week so that that's what I suspect it is but we'll find out more of those details today right around eleven forty-five this morning uh, you know obviously one of the questions heading into the finale is whether or not Fields is going to play in the game and um, there's not a lot that you think he needs to perform, show you, but 63 yards away from that, uh, the, the single season record for rushing yards by a quarterback, maybe there is something to play for. I, I'm very curious how he is physically. I know you can't answer that right now, um, but I'm curious, do you believe that there's any hint, the fact that it's a walkthrough, that that would indicate that may, maybe Nathan Peterman or Tim Boyle is not going to are not going to start. Well, the not one thing that he, the, the one that the one thing that Eber that, that's very true, Molly. The one thing that Eberflus did say when he was in, during that line of questioning was that if if Justin Fields is healthy, he will play. And it, his answer it was a yes no question, and he gave yes that he would play if he is healthy. Now, if 
if any of the injuries that he has sustained throughout the season, and there have been a few, whether it is his hip or the, the cramping that has gone on, obviously the left shoulder, I think if any of those feels worse than they had in previous weeks, they will definitely shut Justin Fields down. So this is another week where they will listen very closely to Justin Fields. Matt Eberflus will have a say. And then obviously we all know that he that Ryan Poles will have the final say in this. But I do think that I think he should play. And and I think that, you know, the 63 yards that you mentioned, Molly, that, that's a good reason. I also just look at things like what if what if Justin Fields goes out and and Chase Claypool has four catches for 64 yards. You, that, that would be huge progress and something to feel good about and it wouldn't feel so loathsome as it has with Chase Claypool. What if Bayless Jones has another, you know, two really good kick returns and let's say he gets involved in the offense in a couple plays. That's huge, real progress in a real game. So it's, it's things like that. that. You know, what if Justin Fields goes out there and throws for three touchdowns and 250 yards? That matters that would matter you know you could you could eliminate the word momentum if you would like it would just matter in his development that we saw that because we haven't seen enough of any of those things that I just mentioned right there but it will be an interesting decision I mean my gut is that we're going to see both on Sunday that that at some point in time you will see Nathan Peterman playing in that game it won't be like last week's game where it looked like it was ripe for the Bears to sit him out against Detroit in that at least the final quarter or the final minutes of the game and they didn't I don't think that will happen this week but I, I expect him to play that is the voice of Mark Grody, and you can join Mark and Gabe Ramirez and listen to the Miller Lite Top Draft Show tomorrow night at Offside Sports Bar and Grill, located 680 South Eastwood Drive in Woodstock, 7 to 10. While you're enjoying the broadcast, register to win future Bears tickets and other prizes brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time. Okay, Grody, so you say that he should play. Matt Eberflus on Sunday sounded like he was leaning in that direction. On Monday, before the NFL world changed, on Monday – he sounded a little bit more likely to talk with Ryan Poles and left the door open that he might sit Justin Fields. Did you get that same sense, and do you think he's leaning in that direction? I did. I mean, for sure. Once he mentioned Ryan Poles, that changed the, the equation because in he, he, this is the first time that he has brought Poles into the conversation. We have to talk about everybody. He's brought Ryan Poles up before as it pertains to Justin Fields' health of, in, the, in the trio of things that they have to go through to you know check the boxes of Ryan Poles, check the box of Matt Eberflus, and check the temperature of, of obviously the player, and in, in, and in this case, Justin Fields. But he it, there, there was you know the mentioning of Ryan Poles and all the players that they might shut down that that did add an element that wasn't there in previous weeks but i do believe david that if if he truly if he, if there hasn't been a step back as far as the health is concerned like if something isn't truly aggravated i do think that Ryan Poles will give the green light because honestly they're coming pretty close to saying that that he's the guy for the future and they have used the word franchise quarterback and Matt Eberflus even said some stuff on Monday that that made it sound like yeah this is the guy going forward but I, I still feel like it's so valuable that I mean this will be the last competitive game that Justin Fields plays in until the opener next season. And you can say whatever you want about the preseason game 
uh, and how much he pl- plays in those games. But it's just so valuable when you're trying to completely evaluate and, and look at things that is he going to make progress in. There's just so much that can be taken out of this game alone still. And I heard you guys talking to Joe O about the fact that, that Minnesota will play their starters because there's still something to play mm-hmm. for in terms of seeding in the NFC. That makes it even better for Justin Fields and this Bears team to continue to develop and to show in a real competitive situation against a divisional opponent, too, who you got to learn to get comfortable with playing and beating. Do we have any idea what the offensive line will look like in this game? Do, do you have any sense of uh, of whether Alex Leatherwood remains kind of on the uh, on the uh, inactive list? Um, given all the injuries, uh, given all that, does he have to be able to step in? And how do you see them lining up in this game? It's I think there's going to be going to be five Dieter Iceland's out there. I think okay. we're going to see. Okay. <laughs> going to be, Get out there. Five the old Stacey King action. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I see. There's five Dieter Iceland's <laughs> out there. I, you know, it's funny you mentioned the, the name Alex Leatherwood. I can start right there, Molly. That I, like I don't know the exact configuration of what the offensive line will be, but I know they're going to do everything they can to not play Alex Leatherwood. That sure seems to be what it is. Even when he's been available, they've been more comfortable with Michael Schofield or you know, Dieter Iceland. That was the real eye opener to this entire season, man. Because like just when you think there's the perfect desperation spot for Alex Leatherwood, nope. Here comes Dieter Iceland, who I'm sure is this is not a shot at Iceland. It's just just whoa you know I, I every single game every single home game that i've done sidelines for this year Dieter Iceland has been my buddy over there working at playing center and and just you know the whole time he is taking snaps at center i'm like oh this guy's the backup center no he's the backup leatherwood so it, it's <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a very so I, I mean it really i mean in all seriousness they come tevin jenkins is not, i mean i can't imagine a scenario no. Where I mean, I couldn't imagine Tevin Jenkins coming back when he did the first time. So I, I guess I was wrong there just because I, I was there seeing what was going on with Tevin. It's a neck injury that scares the hell out of me yeah. when I hear a guy has a neck injury. You, you can't play when you've – that's a guy that they'll shut down. you know. And, and if they don't, I would be very surprised. The Michael Schofield thing – with the you know Ankle. the knee injury oh, and knee, yeah I think it's knee I think we can just call it a leg Molly yeah, you know, it's lower, lower body, body. yeah lower body. <laughs> <laughs> let's just be friends and leave it at that yeah so it's very you know Schofield could be good to go in that game but it will be interesting I would imagine we might see a Dieter Iceland starting in this Jatari game. Carter I mean he's like oh. one of the few guys that's been, been on for the, him he's for been a long time team Brody. all year and yeah. he hasn't played. Yeah, man, the the center out of of Southern, just a seventh rounder. I know this about Jatiri Carter, our mutual buddy, Tom, the great Tom Thayer. Yes. I know that you, I know how much you revere the the great Tom Thayer. He loves Jatiri Carter, so that's a pretty good eye to look at. I I, speak, I can't give you speak a, that name yeah. in hushed tones. <laughs> oh, he is so great. He's so jolly. Yeah, so Mark, thing. not, not to change away from the offensive line stuff. This riveting. Um, Yesterday on the station. <laughs> Wait, did you just take a shot? No, I did. No, I did. No, I did. No, I did. I mean, come on, man. If they're gonna play the quarterback, I'd like to know if anyone's gonna block for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you, I you was think... waiting for another Dieter Iceland hey. story. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> okay. Hey, wait till you hear my Jatari Carter material. Right. Mark, okay. tell me this. 
This is what I want to know. I was listening to the afternoon show when I heard Hub Arkus, who was great to hear Hub Always. back on the air. It's Always. terrific because yeah. of what he went through, how he could relate to what we're going through this week, watching the NFL and, and all of this. But then he talked about Justin Fields, and he said something <laughs> I want to get your opinion because I, sure. do, I do wonder this. Hub said, quote, there's no guarantee that they've got their quarterback of the future. And I respect Hub's opinion like everybody does in town. I wonder if people at House Hall, anybody at House Hall, shares that opinion or if there's a consensus that, you know what, they do have their quarterback of the future. He is their franchise guy, and every decision this offseason will reflect that. I think Hub is right in spirit that there is no guarantee that Justin Fields is the quarterback of the future. I think that Justin Fields has, and I said this about the coaching staff, he's checked a bunch of boxes this year that we needed to see out of out of him. And it, a, a lot of it is the, the leadership stuff, the running stuff. We have seen, it's not like he has been completely bereft of any sort of passing. We've seen some really encouraging moments and in individual plays in the passing game but to just think that everybody on that staff on the bear staff scouts people who matter in the building are just are looking at justin field and saying like i think maybe an even better question hall would be if if you had to pay justin fields right now the big money that number one quarterbacks get in the league would you pay justin fields that money today and I don't know if they would. Like, is is he a complete quarterback where he has all those parts now where you're positive that this is going to be an elite number one quarterback for the next decade for your franchise who le- that you win because of, that you get into the playoffs because of, that maybe you even make a Super Bowl because of. I think it's impossible to say, to check that box, to say, yeah, yep, absolutely 100. So ask yourself that question and if you were to ask ryan poles that question right now if something weird happened and he had to you got to pay justin fields today do you think he's your future quarterback i think he'd probably say i'd like to see a little bit more i'd like to see him play against minnesota so i i think that there are probably some people who i don't know if skeptical at this point but just let's see okay really good you've been really good this year let's see a little bit more and then, yeah, then we're not gonna we're not gonna mince words anymore. We're not gonna be conservative in how we talk about Justin Fields. We're gonna use the word franchise quarterback all the time, as opposed to intermittently, which is what they have done. They've come real close to just he's our guy, he's our guy. But you don't see, you still don't see that one hundred percent. Mark, who are you predicting on the defensive line gets a sack this oh week? Oh my. Oh my God! Two of them last week. Not okay. one. Yeah, that was unbelievable. And then after the one of the sacks, what it was, then you had Detroit running three times for a touchdown. <laughs> so it was, it was so. <laughs> they showed them. It was so dispiriting. I was like, <laughs> I stood up. I was like, that's a sack for the. I don't know who it was. Was it Travis Gibson or Dominic well, Robinson? Dominic like, Robinson had the yeah. first one. Can yeah. the answer yeah. be an offensive lineman? <laughs> well, oh, De- Dieter Iceland. Oh, yeah. You know, if you, if you want yeah, to come Braxton back to Dieter Jones Iceland. had three. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I I mean, I've got I've even got stuff on Doug Kramer if you want. I mean, we could even go that direction. No. Um I, I if you really want me to predict somebody getting a set, you know who I'm going to predict? I'm going to go Justin Jones. I'm going to say Justin nice. Jones is going to break on through and just give a good knockdown to Kirk Cousins at some point in time in that game against Minnesota. I'd love to see it though. I'd love to see like a three sack game out of Travis Gibson or, or, or probably yeah. more Dominic Robinson because I think Gibson, man, I love him, but it, it just he's had a poor season this year in terms of getting to the quarterback, and you'd have to think that he's a little bit vulnerable being you know a 2020 draft pick of Ryan Pace as opposed to Dominic Robinson, who is a project and a guy that Ryan Poles picks. So I'm going to hope for Dominic Robinson, and I'm going to say that uh, Justin Jones is going to get the sack. Tell Joe O that next time you talk to him. Right there, boom. Mark, I think it's a difficult week for NFL players going back to work, and I think because of what they watched unfold and how how real it all seemed and, and it humanized every player in the league, and yet the Bears, if everything goes as planned, are going to play on Sunday at noon at Soldier Field. They're coming off a, a game where they didn't show the effort they typically show. So you balance those competing emotions. They need to show effort because they're coming off a game where they stunk, versus maybe some any reservations or anxiety they, they have felt throughout the week in preparation. What Bears team, in terms of effort, do you expect Sunday at Soldier Field? Well, you know, and I'll discuss the DeMar Hamlin part of this here in a second, but it better be damn good because last week was just an embarrassing performance, and it, it had to. You know, I talked about this the other day. That I was a little bit surprised that Matt Eberflus didn't seem more disturbed during his press conference after the game and even on Monday. And I get it that he goes out of his way to be measured and, you know, it's the Bears' way and probably many locker rooms' way that you have to sound the same way and look the same way after losses as you do after wins. But Matt Eberflus has been telling us all, see, he, he has sold everybody, including the media, on his hits principle. And that wasn't an, an effect. That, ha- that game had to have mm. insulted his sensibilities. That's everything that he stands for as a coach was not in a, I mean, I hate to see the loaf sheet after that game. No, none of it added up for Matt Eberflus, and it, it, it didn't seem to affect. It seemed like the only person that was truly affected by that game was Chase Claypool, and he was admonished heavily for, for going off on the sideline. So, I, I, yeah, I think, that, I think that they have to come out. Like, whoever plays in this game, if they ain't I – mean, and this is also – keep in mind, this is, this is still tryout time for a lot of guys who – are trying out for this team to have a place on the roster. Well, and I'm not even talking about starters. I'm talking about just being guys on a 53-man roster. He's watching very closely. So I would imagine that the Flus was was probably steaming inside and did, I guess, a quote-unquote good job of not letting it out. But they, they best come hard in this final game against Minnesota. Now, that, now David, the, the DeMar Hamlin part of it, that's a, that's a different side of it. And I, I can't know what individual Bears players, what they might be feeling and how they might be reacting. And, I, and guess what? If they're not feeling it, and uh, then I do understand. Like, if they're truly, like, still um, in pain from that emotionally and they, they're not fit, I hope that they speak up and they have the resources at, at you know, at Hallis Hall, people to, to whom they can speak about those things, and hopefully they can work through some of it. And, and it would be really nice – to get some good news on DeMar Hamlin. That would obviously right. help a lot of people. 
Yeah, I think everyone is uh, is praying that that is the case, Mark. Always a joy, buddy. Thank you. We appreciate your time. What time are you on with the afternoon show? Um, I'm supposed to. I'm usually on at five o'clock. Yeah. On Wednesdays, Molly, there is a chance that I will be hosting the afternoon show today. Oh, I'm standing. I'm. I've been told to stand by. So you, you are Mr. Versatile. Yeah, and you know what Mr. Versatile's going to do? In the name of that, after I get off the horn with you guys, I'm going to take a versatile nap and then wake up and find out exactly what I'm doing today. Am I going to Hallis Hall? Am I going to the studios of The Score? If you don't go to Hallis Hall, who's going to tell Dieter Iceland? (laughs) He'll be looking for you. I I would like to talk to him because what I want to say is, Dieter, we had a thing going, man. You were on the sideline with me working out at center, and then all of a sudden you just go into a game? How, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> You're the best, Mark. Thanks, God Mark. bless. See you, buddy. Bye, See you later. Bye. That is Mark Crowley. He's awesome. He is. Oh, He's God. the best. He is, no question. I'm trying to think. Uh, off the top of my head, the only pit player that I can think of on the Bears is um, is is – Nathan Peterman, right? Do they have any other? I wondered. Uh, I need to check the bio. Andrew Janoco was the quarterback coach who oh, might have been right, there. Right. I want to know. Ditto the, you know, obviously uh, Luke Getzey was there at some point. I don't know if they were there uh, over that time frame, but right. yeah, that's something to look at. We're just going to help Mark, you know, how to approach a story. Go talk to Nathan Peterman and then. Ask him if Tell Grody how to do his job. That would be a fun segment. By the way, are you starting a secret practice that you walk through? Were you taking snaps? <laughs> oh, boy. One way to get it done. Gotta love Grody. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6 7 of the score. Bears. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out of market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 20 seconds, Nate! Hurry up, Nate! 16! Throw it! The Nate gotta let the ball go, bro. Come on, Nate, get the going, Nate. Let's go. That uh, it's Mully and Hall on the score, and that is uh, the hard knocks audio of John Gruden on Nathan Peterman. Um, just in case he starts over Justin Fields by some odd oddity, we uh, we're going to be yelling like that. Apparently, yeah, I, th- I think I'd be yelling. I-, I would feel like yelling. I don't know that I would. I'd be in the press box. I don't think I would let out an audible gasp or yell or react even, but I'd be disappointed. I'd be disappointed that Nathan Peterman starts over Justin Fields on Sunday against the Vikings in a meaningless game. I, I'm going to be honest. I, I think there's value in him playing. You can always get better. You can always improve. So it's an opportunity to do that on Sunday, even though the game means nothing. All right, let's get to the phone lines. A lot of people want to check in. 312-644-6767. We'll start with Perry. He is listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, Perry, good morning. Gentlemen, good morning. Hey, I'm going to keep it on on the Bulls and particularly Patrick Williams. Um, So here's the deal. So I do understand the two missed calls, 
And by the way, did they not call lane violation twice on Caruso? Yes. Um, mm. and, but the problem with that is, Caruso, shame on you for doing it twice. That's just ignorant. But anyway, Patrick Williams, I don't want to hear about Donovan Mitchell cheating. He's 6'1". He's 6'7", 6'8". Outweighs him. He was there. If you look at the replay, he was there with Mitchell. He didn't touch him. That's, that's inexcusable. And what Billy Donovan should have done at that point was took him out and benched him. What's he do? He puts him in the overtime. What happens? His first open three, no one, no one near him, a ricochet. That guy, look at the past few games. When it comes down to clutch shots, he can't make them. That's a horrible pick. AK and ME got to own it. Shadiq Bay, Vassal on his own team was way better. Maxie, Halliburton, Cole Anthony. They're all clearly better players. I understand missing one guy, but not five. That's a horrible pick. He is not a starter. And this team overall, even with Lonzo, they're going nowhere, maybe making it into the playoffs. But it is really hard at this team to decide what they want to do. If it's me, I'm cleaning it up. I, I don't see this team making any, any ground, and I don't want to see mediocrity. Good games, bad games. It gets kind of frustrating. That's all I got to say. Thanks, Perry. Yeah. Nets come in tonight having won 12 in a row. Yeah. Call order for the Bulls. I, uh, I, uh, and the Bulls understand. are down. Like, Devontae Green's out. He's and, out. They're struggling. Does Drummond have a shoulder? I think he's listed. As he's a, always kind of injured. Yeah, but he's probable or not a questionable. Well, I don't know what they're. Patrick Williams has been a disappointment. I no. think we can agree on that this season, right? He has been somebody you thought would take a bigger step than he's taken. I still think that on that final box out, yes, it's understandable that you expect him to do that. But let's not ignore the fact that Donovan Mitchell did have a head start. He, he It was a lane violation, and it should have been called, and it wasn't. So both things are true. Patrick Williams, why do you think that he continues to struggle to assert himself offensively? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if they do. Yeah, I, I mean, it's frustrating it's, though because you pick somebody fourth overall, you shouldn't right. be asking these questions at this stage of his growth. Yeah, I, I mean, th- listen, there's a lot of things you shouldn't be asking, like whether or not you want to see Lonzo Ball return. It's another thing that is still a question. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's try Vince. He's in Arlington Heights. Hi, Vince. Hi, guys. Great to talk to you. Um, uh, here's the here's the thing. I I think that the NFL kind of blew this here. Uh, I don't understand why the 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 um, they didn't put the game on at least for today. And I and I don't mean to sound heartless because God, every football fan in America is is praying for Demar. Yeah. But it would be the if they played today, it would basically be the same as a Thursday night football game. And here's the thing. You have Kansas City, who's playing on a Saturday night, not Sunday. Okay? So it's like it would almost even out the disadvantage. Uh, and, and basically what would have to happen you know, under my scenario is that um, um, the, the, the Bills, I mean, the, um, uh, the, the football, the, the Bills would have to play on a Monday night. So that's a, just a one-day loss, basically, uh, instead of now. God knows what they're going to do. I don't think I that mean, matters, though. You don't know how 
you, you don't know how DeMar Hamlin is going to recover from this. You don't know what his prognosis is. You don't know a lot of things about Listen, his health. You don't that, know if the players would play the game. Exactly. You know, they, they, you don't, dis, don't dismiss the idea that they would feel it was disrespectful to, to him by playing the game or that, that they were traumatized enough. I, I told those you, are both I, the right words. Disrespectful and traumatized. You can't be the league that embraces the mental health initiatives and then order players back onto the field 20, 48 hours after something they just experienced that they are requiring help for, that they still aren't passed because we don't know how, if it's going to get worse. You, don't know, you hope that it gets better, but you don't know. So how can you play a game under those circumstances? Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's try Rich. He's in Old Town. Hey, Rich. Good morning, guys. Morning. I uh, I liked your idea, Molly. I want to expand on it when you were talking about drafting a quarterback. As crazy as that sounds, with Fields in town, I went back and looked at some of these guys, which are kind of near and dear to uh, to the the, uh, the Bears. How about these guys? Former quarterbacks, Heinz Ward, Antoine Randall L., Matt Jones, Terrell Pryor, Freddie Solomon, and good old Cordell Stewart were converted. And here's what I thought. If they do draft a quarterback, all right, and he's a project, let's just say they get a guy like the kid from Florida who is a real project. Anthony Richardson, yeah. Why couldn't you do this? And this this wouldn't be – rearranging the roster entirely get him experiment with both of them because he's a tremendous athlete as is fields and i think fields would be the best receiver or a slot guy oh. Oh. hold on let me finish because i know it sounds crazy but you could alternate some guys put two weapons on the field and since you guys like St. John as a blocker i don't need a wide receiver I... put him on the oh you can put him on the o-line right and then you don't need an offensive Well, I, I, I mean, thanks, Rich. I, I, I would not advocate drafting a quarterback with the with the first pick. I, I think what you're talking about is if they did a trade down, you know, one of the and, and listen, I got no problem with taking a quarterback in every draft. And, I, and the thing I like about Anthony Richardson is that you wouldn't really be changing your scheme much if you brought him in as a backup quarterback. Now, I think he's probably going to go higher. Than, uh, than, than ideal for when you pick up a quarterback. I well, think you stay with Justin Fields. Yes. I just asked if there was a possibility that they could uh, take a quarterback instead of just just based on the idea that, that the, uh, well, the general question. manager said yeah. that he's a great running quarterback and he's got to get better as a passer. I, I'm not suggesting that they would do that. You're not the drafted quarterback instead no. of Justin Fields. No, no, guy. no, no. Okay. No. Rich is wanting to peg you. As yeah, that. That's, that's not, not what, what you said. Not what I said. And, and I don't think that's what we believe. And I think no. when you talk about drafting a quarterback later in the draft that stylistically is similar to Justin Fields, as we have said in the past, the way they have done that in Baltimore, the way that you would ideally want to do that in Chicago, it makes sense because then if you do have an injury to your starter, you can bring in a guy like Huntley, like they do with Baltimore, and not change – your approach, not change your game plan. And everybody right. else, the other 10 guys, are running the same scheme, and so there's continuity. Right. I respect that move and would advocate that, but I don't think that 
that is the same thing as somebody suggesting, boy, you know, you move away from Justin Fields and draft a quarterback in the first round. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what you're saying. No, no. I, I You know, I think what you'd ideally do would be if you had the second pick in the draft, right, or the first pick, you would trade down and not trade too far down. So you trade down to the point where you could get so – let's say that you believe – that the engine of a defense is the three technique. We heard Matt Eberflus say that last week. Trade down and still come away with Jalen Carter and then add other draft picks that you could use in different spots wherever, one of which maybe you invest in a quarterback, a backup quarterback yeah. later in the draft. I, a lot of I, scenarios. I'm just saying, right. I'm saying I, I think for me the solution would be trade down and go defense. Or trade down and get a left tackle. Whatever, whatever you 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 circle three players, right? So whether one of them is Peter Skaronsky from from Northwestern, I don't know that, but definitely Will Carter, Jalen Carter, uh, Will uh, Anderson, Jalen Carter. You could if you could trade down and still get one of those guys. That's a huge. Well, win. I think you're right, and, and there's a lot of time to discuss this. But yes. I, it, right now, yes. if, if the Bears are drafting first or fourth, I'd be likely more likely to trade down yeah. than if they're drafting second or third. Exactly. If that makes any yeah, sense, that makes sense. Because you're in a more position to make a deal, yeah. and so the guys that you're describing, the guys who are going to be there for the next uh, five to seven and ten years, at second and third, you might want to take those guys because you don't want to miss out on an opportunity to plug that person into your defense. And, and conceivably, if you're picking second, someone might want to move up to make sure no one moves ahead of them to get a quarterback. I'm saying you could get a fairly high pick and still get one of those guys. That's a huge win. If you make. don't go down too far. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go down too far. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Hall on the score. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Yeah, I mean, I, I got a feeling that this offseason, you know, one thing to look forward to is the uh, the end of the Bears season. This year has been a difficult one, but the offseason <laughs> promises to be a fascinating one. Honestly, well, this no, is one I, of the biggest offseasons they've had. I agree. I'm only chuckling because you're right. The end of the season can't come soon enough here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Bears, uh, if they lose on Sunday, will set a record for losses in a season. They've already done it. They will. They will uh, well, increase the record. They, they've tied it. I right? thought the nine was the record. No, that, that, I'm talking about overall oh, oh, th- oh, for the season. Total yeah, season. this would be the worst. Yeah, ever. Yeah, that's pretty fourteen ugly. losses. Yeah, that's a that's a low watermark yeah. for futility, and that's yeah. not history you want to what, make. What, were they one in thirteen? Yeah, one year, and it was it was just one of those things yeah. that you just went into the season with higher hopes. Yeah, and. This offseason is shaping up as the most significant in recent memory because of what they are capable of doing in the draft, what they are capable of doing with free agency and the $100 million plus that they have to spend if they want to, and, and what they're going to do with the team president that, opening. That, you know, and, and that's how it starts, right? It starts with the team president opening, and I'm very curious with who they hire, how ambitious they are, if they don't get – uh, Kevin Warren, how do we compare whoever they they manage to get uh, to him? I think that's going to be a, that. That's one of the problems they have right now is that I think that they've established a standard and a bar just by being linked to him that 
they will then fail to meet if they don't hire him. Well, it's awkward, and that's why I don't think it came from the Bears because it wouldn't serve any purpose in having them leak that information unless this was already agreed upon and they yep. wanted to kind of get it out there. What it does is it puts the pressure on them to close the deal. And if they don't hire Kevin Warren, given his credentials and given the perception that he is such a good fit for this job, it will feel like a disappointment. We have a texter saying something here that I think is interesting because we have not discussed it and we've never even considered it. But uh, he is correct. Um, Sean Payton is available. Sean Payton was the head coach in in Orleans, and uh, I believe they still control his rights, even though he has retired. And would there would you have to have draft compensation? Uh, Sean Payton's been mentioned by a lot of different teams. You know, if Tom sticks around in Tampa, is Sean Payton a guy that you would want going there and working with Tom? Um, Dallas, if they fall on their face, it's been rumored forever. And, and Sean Payton was there as an assistant coach under Parcells. Uh, would Sean Payton be a guy that goes to Dallas? He's been he's been mentioned at pretty much five or six places, any place where there is an opening because he's a Super Bowl winning coach. Um, now, I'm not suggesting you dump Matt Eberflus. I'm not saying that. But I do wonder if you believe, David, that Sean Payton is a better head coach than Matt Eberflus. I think we know the Bears. We know how they operate. They're not going to do that. But – why do we dismiss the idea based on their history if you believe he's a better coach than, than Flusi? It's an interesting conversation. I, without hesitation, I think Sean Payton is, in my opinion, a better head coach than Matt Eberflus. I, that's not a knock on Matt Eberflus. That's a respect for what Sean Payton did in New Orleans with the offense, with Drew Brees, with that organization. And he did win a Super Bowl, and they were competitive year in, year out. This is one of the top when active, was one of the top five or ten coaches in the league. And the Bears would never fire Matt Eberflus. I don't think so. Him. See, and that, But I'm just saying, knowing that information, knowing how the McCaskies have operated and the way they look at things and all the rest of it, even, even if you've had this losing season, they're not going to do anything like that. I don't, think, I don't think Ryan Poles would go along with that because suddenly he'd be working for Sean Payton. I, I'm just saying, it's... It's just something that we dismiss outright because we know they wouldn't do it. But the question is, should they? Uh, not not would they? No, I don't think they should. And, and I know it may sound absurd, but how many times are you going to hit Risa at House Hall? Mm -hmm. And what you would be doing uh, would be acknowledging that the last you know, 12 months were uh, was a mistake. And I don't think you're there yet. And I don't think that you want to – Get, and I don't think that you get better as an organization starting over as often as the Bears have been forced to start over. And so what they're doing this time, what they're trying to do this time, and we can disagree with decisions made along the way, and we can question the experience and the wisdom of, of, of Ryan Poles doing it for the first time. But what the Bears, I think, in theory, are trying to do now is do it the right way, be patient, and embrace continuity and you don't do that by firing a coach after one year because somebody more proven is available. I mean, and I know I, you're not suggesting that. Well, I it's, know it's they worth, wouldn't do it. And I, but, I mean, the guy you? texts in. Um, you know, I, that's a very good question. If Here's the thing. 
you're still, in my opinion, in the teardown stage. Yes. So I don't think you would change it. I don't think there'd be a dramatic change from one coach to the other. I think that, you know, I, I'd need to talk to Sean Payton. Here's what I know about Sean Payton. He's been out of it now long enough to have lined up exactly what coaching staff he wants. He would be able to bring in, like, a very high quality of coach who would want to work with him and I'm talking about like defensive coordinator. Yeah, the type Vic guy. Fangio's exactly. of the world. Maybe him exactly. specifically. Maybe him specifically. But, and I'm just saying. So if you did that, then you would have to kind of restart the engine in terms of how you do it. But think about it. With the, with a very high draft pick, with uh, with a new head coach, with a um, I I mean I dismiss the idea outright because I know it's not going to happen. Would I do it? I don't think I'd have a problem with it. I think I would have a problem with it only from this standpoint. And, and, and I'm answering this from the Bears' perspective. Right. But there are probably a handful of teams that if you ask me the question, the same question for those teams, I would say absolutely I would in a minute. Because if, I, yep. if, I'm, the, if I'm the Los Angeles Chargers, I would consider doing this tomorrow. And I have respect for Brandon Staley. But you're talking about Sean Payton is the coach that puts a team ready to – win a championship over the top. The Bears, as you they're point out, there yet. they're not right. even done tearing it down. Right. right. So he's the wrong guy for this job. You need somebody that is planning on being here for the next five years and understands what it's going to take. Sean Payton's won a Super Bowl. Why would he come to a place that is rebuilding and well, tearing down? Uh, you know, and again, I think it would be it would be the money that's available to go get players, the uh, the draft pick and – all the other things like that. But I, I think you're right. Listen, they're not going to do it. Here's what I want to know. Will a new team president change the way you look at a rebuild? If you bring in a new team president, is it going to be someone that has to be hired? You know, in the old days, the Bears were going to hire, um, geez, I can't even think. Who's the guy from Pittsburgh? Uh, Tom Modrek? Was it Modrek or, or Donahoe? It was one of those guys. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we'll t- I'll take the job but I'm going to fire everyone in the building, like from, from you know, uh, Tony Medlin to, you know, Jeff Joniak. I'm just going to fire everyone, and I'm <laughs> well, making that up. Well, I'm more recent example, Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard. He interviewed for the job Ryan Pace took, and he didn't get it because he told them what he wanted to do with Ted Phillips and how he wanted to structure yeah. the organization. And they don't want that. No. But now if you hire someone, you got to kind of turn it over to them. Does that Does that speed up? the process do we have to compete in the next two years or we're doing it a different way i just think i think we operate under the assumption that the sleepy franchise has got a couple of guys in place and they're going to give them their seven years or minimum five years or whatever it might be when in reality if you hire someone who's really good at what they do they're going to want better than than what you're going to get it's a great point and, and it also reflects an awareness of just how we have been numbed by what's going on at House Hall. That's it. Because if you hire the the right team president, that question answers itself because there's no doubt that you're going to bring in somebody whose standards are higher, whose patience is not as deep, and who wants to win quicker than maybe you have imagined. All right, we're going to bring in Dan Weederer. We'll run this by him. I think it's an interesting topic. I do believe we are numbed. I think we have a a, a, a kind of a lifelong numbing effect going on. <laughs> we'll ask Dan to uh, to get us out of it. We'll do that next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.